1: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast. I am your host, Rob Goodwin, and unfortunately, we have no Garth today. He is away on fatherly duties, but I am joined today by Chris. How are you, Chris? Hiya. I'm, I'm actually quite laughing because I'm, I'm pretty sure he's just down the road from me right now. <laughs> yes, he is just on holiday. When I say fatherly duties, I mean he's on holiday. Um, but yeah, we have Chris today. Um, Chris, before we start the podcast... Um, um- when was the last time, aside from Slammiversary, when was the last time you watched Impact? I didn't actually watch Slammiversary. Um, oh, okay. Wow. Um,
0: the last one I watched was Bound for Glory 2017. Okay.
1: Okay. So it so, wasn't
0: that long ago, but still the landscape has completely changed.
1: The landscape has changed significantly. Um, and
0: that was, what, November?
1: Yes. Yeah, it was. Um, you've watched a bit more Ring of Honor, though, haven't you? You're more familiar yeah. with Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um,
0: I, was at, I go to the Ring of Honor live shows, but the last weekly show I watched from Ring of Honor was... God, it's the one where Billy Ray cut the promo on um, Flip when the feud was just starting to get hotted up. This is like two months ago. It's pre-G1. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I know what you mean. Um, so, so you are more familiar with the storylines going in. Uh, to be honest, it was just interesting for me to have, obviously, yourself on the podcast... Um, because I could have done this myself, um, like I did a couple of weeks ago, but I thought it'd be interesting to get your take on Impact, because obviously Impact are at the moment trying to, for want of a better term, redefine um, their whole landscape and trying to make themselves a standout promotion without basically mirroring the WWE, which is what they've they've tried to do for so long. Um, and as someone who doesn't watch it, you know, and... Someone who's only watched it for about six weeks, like myself, it's interesting watching. I mean, don't get me wrong; there's still some things wrong with it, which we will go into. Um, oh, absolutely! But I think with our shadow of a doubt, impact are definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah, they have gone from Rev Pro to not Rev Pro. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You look at who they're signing now. You look at you know the fact that they're offering people like Rich Swan. An extended deal extended deal, sorry. Tessa Blanchard, an extended deal. You know, Austin Aries. You know, you've got all these big names. And I think they are moving in the right direction, which is promising for the promotion, definitely.
0: They've done a great thing of not just going for any big name. Like for example, if we wanted Val Venus, go over Christopher Daniels. Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> um, they're going after like the big names that would do them some good.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, they get they're getting basically people who would draw people to this product. Yeah, the worst thing that Impact could have done would be sign Enzo and Big Cass. When I, they I'd, were released. I'd actually watch an episode with Enzo and Big Cass just <laughs> to see what happens. I mean, yeah, gone of the day, gone are the days. Thankfully, long ago, where anyone released in WWE would just turn up in Impact. God knows he, how you long remember,
0: later. Remember that French tag team from NXT that were on like one takeover and got their head shaved? Yes. As soon as they were released from WWE, they ended up in Impact.
1: Exactly. <laughs> if- it, it was an unfortunate trend that happened in yeah. Impact. Um, but thankfully, we are way past that. We'll get on to Impact um, shortly, but we'll start with Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor episode 362. From center stage in Atlanta, um, for me this was an action-packed, really, really good episode of Ring of Honor. Really good showcase of talent. We had some fantastic men on, sort of, on our screens. We had Christopher Daniels, we had the uh, Jay Briscoe, the Bullet Club, the Kingdom, Flip Gordon. We had some really, really good wrestlers on show, and I think Ring of Honor has been consistently good. There was one week where um, we lacked a bit of star quality. But this week, overall, I thought this was a really good show. What about yourself? It was an okay show. Um, it as a yeah, I have to temper
0: my expectations a little bit because everything I watch, every show like Progress or um, New Japan, every show's a big show, so I sort of have to temper my expectations just a tiny bit. But yeah. it was fine. It was a decent hour of wrestling, although. One thing was spoiled, thanks to me going to a Ring of Honor show.
1: (laughs) Yes, um, I did know the outcome of one of the matches as well, thanks to the wonder of TV tapings and the wonder of Facebook. But there we go. Um, One thing I did just want to ask you before we get into this review, as someone who watches Ring of Honor, I've heard a lot of fans of Ring of Honor shit on the Briscoes. Mm -hmm. Are you one of those, or are you one of those who can see their talent.
0: Okay, I think, I don't like the Briscoes as people, maybe because Jay's a homophobic piece of shit, but, um, as wrestlers, no, amazing heels, great stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I understand the fatigue, because it's basically we've been, but the young bucks for the best part of five years now. Yeah. And also the fact that everyone watching, I think most people watching the Runner just see it as the Bullet Club show, so, I really don't think that helps their case, but their They're, fat, they're um, fine in ring they're great pro- heel promos like they've got their characters down to a t and yeah. but like they were faces for the longest time so this heel turns the best thing that's ever happened to them um but um watch the tape shirt that jay has that's for one of the best shirts going in wrestling
1: right now i love it <laughs> <laughs> to be honest i've always had a little bit of a soft spot for the briscoes um and you're absolutely right they're just they're made to be heels and the fact that they haven't been heels for so long. It's just—it's baffling. It really yeah, is. It,
0: they haven't been heel like even when Carnet was running it back in 2012. They were fucking
1: faces with Confederate flags. They were faces. Yeah, and I suppose you can understand because obviously they, you know, they've been with the company since the very, very beginning, and mm. alongside Jay Lethal, you know, there aren't that many stars who've been there from the very, very start. So obviously, you know, you've got that, and the fans wanting to cheer the Briscoes because you know they are the old guard, but, you know, everything about their gimmick, everything about the way they perform their promos, you know, the from, you know, the fact that they just hate everything, you know, it, it just makes them ready-made heels. It really does. And I think this feud with SoCal Uncensored, which leads into our first match, I think this feud has been, you know, it's been a steady build, it's been decent, and it's led to at least the start of good matches... You know, because unfortunately this one ended in a DQ. But Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thank you for that, Mark Briscoe. Um, but this match, we started with Christopher Daniels taking on Jay Briscoe um, as a sort of build on the fact that SoCal Uncensored have been feuding with the Briscoes um, on and off for the last couple of weeks ever since um, Best in the World. So this match, any match with Christopher Daniels in, is fantastic. Oh, yeah. And this was no exception. We had blue thunder bombs, we had naki drivers, we had an absolute plethora of drop kicks. You um, don't
0: realize how much Sammy Dane stole from Christopher Daniels until you've actually watched sit down to watch Christopher Daniels match?
1: Exactly, considering there was an interesting um, graphic at the start when they did the tale of the tape, um, that Christopher Daniels, his in-ring debut was in 1993. Yeah, he's been around
0: for fucking
1: ages. Just to give you some kind of context to that statement, 1993 was the year of WrestleMania 9. No, it wasn't. (laughs) WrestleMania 10? 93? No, no, it wasn't. (laughs) It was was, um, the Hogan shit show, wasn't it? So it was WrestleMania 9 um, when Hulk Hogan sort of had a random title match at the end of WrestleMania 9 too. I love that if that's what got him into wrestling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what got you into wrestling? Well, it was The Undertaker versus John Gonzalez, actually. Um fa- and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to have been wrestling for 25 years is baffling. And to be wrestling at the standard that he has been wrestling is just ridiculous. It I really suppose- is.
0: The last time I pro- was properly, what I stopped watching Ring of Honor around the time Cody won the title. Yeah. Um, not anything against Cody, just the product for Sam to become a bit stale. But um, he 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 was teething with time and that was about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And it was when Adam Cole was still with the company, and um, he was teething with time and due to injuries, then. and I don't at some surprise he is still going. But one thing I was really interested in the commentary going into this match, they said um, SCU's contracts aren't being renewed. I know that's probably kayfabe, but in, in, both in kayfabe and in sheep, Ring of Honor would be stupid to let these guys go. It's all part of
1: the storyline. Don't yeah. worry. Um basically <laughs> so winning the titles then. Yeah, they're gonna win the titles off the Briscoe's. Basically it's leverage so they can't let them go. Which yeah. I think is a really inventive way of sort of doing this as opposed to just letting them go in K So So um, have they faced now? So Callan Censored, I think they're yeah. tweeners. Um they yeah, saved the young bucks um from the Briscoes. I uh, saw that best in the video in the world. package. Um, it
0: seems that seems to be more of the we want to attack the champions more than we want to save the young buckler. Exactly, which is why they're
1: tweeners as opposed to full-blown yeah. faces. It's a case of they are looking out for themselves. They're not. They are feuding with the Briscoes because the Briscoes have the title as opposed to because the Briscoes are fe- are heels. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this match was shaping up to be an excellent match, but Unfortunately, Mark Briscoe entered into the fray, hit Christopher Daniels with the steel chair for a DQ win for Christopher Daniels the beatdown continued um, only for Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, the remaining members of SEU to come in, and even the playing field, and That was where that ended. Unfortunate end to what I feel was going to be a fantastic match. Oh, no, it was just as it was starting to get going. Exactly. But I imagine that the Briscoes versus SoCal Uncensored, whenever this happens, hopefully, um, at the next pay for you, I believe, death by dishonor. um, You know, I certainly hope that that match lives up to the expectation because this match could be fantastic.
0: Um, Yeah. One realisation I had during this match was that the J-Dweller is basically just a better Angel's (laughs) (laughs) wink.
1: Yes, we did tease both of those, Um, but unfortunately neither came off and the match was ended prematurely what this did bring about there was a preview of what's going to happen in two weeks time which I'm extremely Uh, excited about
0: why couldn't you go on holiday in two weeks
1: (laughs) you're more than welcome to join us for that one we have Ring of Honor world champion Jay Lethal talking about his 30 minute Ironman match in two weeks time for the title against Jonathan Gresham now Jay Lethal despite looking like a substitute teacher (laughs) um yeah. <laughs> in his glasses and his sort of sweater vest. Um did a fantastic job here putting over Jonathan Gresham. Can
0: I just say very quickly on um, that Ring of Honor? but well, our Ring of Honor belts now, apart from the six man titles really are a fucking thing of beauty.
1: They are absolutely gorgeous, aren't they? They've done a yeah. really good job redesigning them.
0: But there's not an ugly belt in the whole like in or any of them. Like even the six man, which is like yet less beautiful are still fine. Belt like they're the only company right now i think they don't have an ugly belt among them
1: no absolutely like you say the six-man tag belt is possibly the worst of the designs but it's still a really nice design it's really nice and bold and just because it's different i feel to the other belts um, yeah, um they've managed to have them all be uniform
0: but not have them be the same which is a trap a lot of companies yeah. fall into looking at you wwe uh,
1: <laughs> jam belt um but I yeah like i agree with them i agree with you um but yeah, getting back to this preview, Lethal um, talks about how he underestimated Jonathan Gresham in their previous two encounters um, and how he was lucky to get the win in their second match. Um, Grisham is being pushed to the absolute moon. I and... love that.
0: Because um, he, he, I, I remember bringing this up in a young line a while ago on that one episode of bringing Ring of Honor, I did watch, it was him against Flip Gordon and it's the first time I saw him in ages and he had improved drastically. He's just... He's not even like he has no personality. Like He really gets the crowd behind him. Um, You can see that when I saw him in Edinburgh, when people aren't throwing racial slurs at him. Well, yeah. (laughs) um, He was actually dead charismatic. He's he's properly a Daniel Bryan of our times.
1: Yeah, and I think he will be someone we will see next year in the Best of the Super Juniors. I hope so. Because the underdog story that they are... Very, very slowly building towards with Jonathan Gresham. Will, if executed correctly, we could be seeing you know the birth of a star without a shadow of a doubt. And I think that Jay Lethal should not be, you know, sort of pushed aside in this promo. He does a fantastic job of building Gresham.
0: Oh, Jay, Jay Lethal will put anyone over? Yeah, just... like Jay, he, the only bad word you hear when them is again is from like Tyler Hendricks. But um... yeah, he, he's. He'll put he'll feud with anyone who put anyone over. He's not afraid of feuding with someone beneath him on the Bowl.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, if this was before All In, obviously All In is on Saturday, not a Ring of Honor show, but very much a strong affiliate. Um you know, if this match was before All In, there's absolutely no way Jonathan Gresham goes over. It'll be interesting to see if Grisham goes over in two weeks' time. I don't think he will. Doubt it. But what a massive story for him if he does. Um the fact that he's come from, you know, losing and losing and losing and losing, you know, putting on fantastic matches against the likes of Kushida and people like that to, you know, eventually the big win is against the champion. That would be fantastic.
0: Yeah, but I think we should do that with the T V title rather than the yeah. Um, world title. Although uh, to put him against the world champion then could be a issue, because the TV title just seems a little bit odd. After, um, well, not odd, just not as good after that. But still, I think it sh- it shouldn't be the world title. I think Lethal should hold this for a while because there's not really many other people to hold it right now. So,
1: no, true, fair enough, fair enough. We moved on to our second match, which pitted the last man in the last real man in professional wrestling, Silas Young. Uh, pitted him against flip gordon flip gordon is bafflingly over with the ring of honor crowd absolutely yeah. fantastic reception for him when thanks his to being music elite. hit thanks to being the elite and thanks to his storyline going into all in not being booked on all in has been the mm-hmm. best thing that's happened to flip gordon <laughs> to
0: that's the point where
1: to exactly to the point where chance of book flip uh were audible over the match
0: oh. At uh, Ring of Honor, there was a massive sign. When I went, there was a massive sign saying Book Flip" when he came out. <laughs>
1: um, another question for you, obviously, being yeah. our New Japan guy. Um, Flip Gordon uh, took part in this year's Best of the Super Juniors. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to a podcast um, just after the Best of the Super Juniors finished. And they were rating uh, each person um, from A to F, basically. Like a school report. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flip got a less than flattering grade. I, 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 I can see why. Um, I wasn't too
0: hard on Flip. Um, I because I was most I spent most of my time pitching about Tiger Mask, but um, <laughs> no. The thing with Flip, he's he's still very green. He's what 2015, and he's in best, when he debuted, and he's yes. in better Super Juniors and he's um one of the main draws for Ring of Honor right now, but. The main problem is he's just he hasn't doesn't have a good move set. He's only over when he's doing flips, and in Super Juniors you have um, better high flyers than him. So he's like even ACH is outshining him in that department. And I was actually gonna bring that up. Um, I only really enjoyed this match um, when Silas was in control because yeah. flip ha- flip has these spots but thing is i saw all these spots live a couple of weeks ago just so just seeing him on on um, the screen again just sort of it doesn't do much for me like he, ne- he needs to expand his repertoire but problem is he's doing it in front uh, in the second biggest american company so it's very hard for him to expand
1: yeah i understand that and silas young's fantastic very understated wrestler um often gets overlooked which is a shame but i'll I really enjoy watching him. He's very charismatic. His promo um, in promo just before the match started was really, really good. You know, again, putting over Flip Gordon massively. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we had a lot of convoluted moves from Flip Gordon. And I think that's a lot of people's um, issue when it comes to Flip Gordon is his moveset. He will go all around the houses to perform a simple move to try and make it look more impactful or to make it look more impressive. But again, as you stated before, his debut is in twenty fifteen. He has not been wrestling a ridiculous amount of time. And I feel that the more he wrestles, the more he wrestles in, as you said, you know, America's second biggest wrestling promotion. The more he wrestles, you know, the more he mixes it in with the Super Juniors, you know, of New Japan. Then potentially we will see him come on leaps and bounds, you know, at an increasingly quick rate. Um, as for this match, I'm very much backing what you said. I felt the match lacked something until Silas Young dictated the pace. You know, when he hit the baker clothesline combination or his anarchist suplex, which is mm. a thing of beauty, by the way. Um,
0: I think I used to have a problem with the Silas Young was he used to have that finisher where he'd like go in his head and then do the um split like moonsalt I'm glad he sort of phased out because I just didn't fit his
1: it doesn't character. fit his gimmick at all no I agree yeah. misery's a much better finishing move mm-hmm. um you know we had the usual flip gordon shenanigans we had a springboard spear which was quite cool um you had your springboard dropkick she had a kind of surprise she did, you had somersault dives over with the top rope um which overall led it to be a little bit of a surprise when flip gordon won with a roll up
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and if i was out of nowhere that was the best move of a match
0: for me just because flip it was flip doing an actual wrestling move
1: yeah it was it was flip looking assessing the situation shall we say mm-hmm. because he's never going to beat silas young for power ever definitely but not. you know he can out wrestle him and i thought yeah you know it's good it was just a bit of a shock that it did come out of a roll up as opposed to with you know a big impactful move, which is very much Flip Gordon's forte. Um, after the match, Gordon is attempting uh, to shake sales Young's hand, but who should appear but a wild bully Ray? nails Flip Gordon exactly. Um, he hits Flip Gordon with a low blow, and um, before Bully Ray stares at Young, who's still on his knees, but very strange interchange between Bully Ray and Silas Young. Mm-hmm. Um, the shaking feel, of the head.
0: I feel because Silas won't, won't, won't see that as a man's move attacking someone from behind. No, true. He, he Despite being a heel, Silas is a surprisingly honourable person. So, he's not going to approve of that. So, it could be a face... like because Silas has been faced before. He was faced for like two weeks after Shibata kicked the shit out of him. And... um. <laughs> But no, I'm glad this Bully Ray feud's still going. I think Bully Ray could um, bring a lot out of Flip Gordon just because Bully Ray is a great mentor, from what we hear. Yeah,
1: um, he made Velvet Sky worse, but I don't think that's his fault. Oh. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, he's a legitimate heel as well. He, the Ring mm-hmm. of Honor crowd, hate him, you oh, know, yeah. which is fantastic because there's, you know. Every podcast you listen to talks about what it take to be a legitimate heel? Because heels at the moment are just cool guys that people want to cheer, mm-hmm. you know. And oh, bully! Yeah, yeah, bully. People legitimately hate him, and that's oh, that's exactly he, what a good heel should be doing.
0: He can control a crowd like no one else, whether it be face or heel. Oh, yeah. Um, he, and like he keeps it up like during the show as well. Like, so my, I went, when I went to Ring of Honor, my friend approached him, got, I was like, hey, Bully, can I have a photo? And he was like, did you boo me? And he was like, yeah, yeah, you're here. He was like, When fuck off, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, the man has dealt with ECW crowds in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no crowd he can face now that he's not he, going to be able to control. He brought heat out the TNA crowd so you know he's going <laughs> Exactly. Um... We then move backstage. Uh, we talk to Marty Skrull, who talks about his loss to Kenny King last week. Um, he talks about King embracing his inner villain, um, which is interesting. I like the way that Kenny King last week um, had to resort to something that he wouldn't usually do to win the match. Um, Marty Skrull is a wonderful example of what we've just spoken about. Marty Skrull is the villain, and, you know, he is everything about Marty Skrull sort of leads him to be a heel, but the crowd absolutely love him and at the end of the match last week it was almost like and Garth um, summed this so wonderfully um said that it was almost like a, a mini double turn um, a mini double turn had happened where King had become the heel and Skrull had become the face mm-hmm. um King also addressed it he says a change was necessary um he said you know this time last year. He was winning. Coming off of The Bachelor. Exactly. Coming off The Bachelorette. Um, You know, and he'd won the world television title from Kushida. But looking at himself now, he wasn't in the same position. And he was willing to do anything he could to get back into that position, even Mm. if it meant playing dirty, which he did to beat Skirl last week. Um, mm, No qualms with this at all, to be perfectly honest. Decent promos from all Mel involved. Uh,
0: um, um, yeah Kenny can work great as a heel he has before yep um he he actually he's actually really fucking over in Scotland like seriously <laughs> It's mostly because we have Kenny Williams and we, so we love chanting Kenny's for bollocks so we just impart that onto him as well so anyone called Kenny will it immediately just, it, be over. It's like, yeah, you just go Kenny, just speak Kenny, and we'll just chant Kenny is a bollocks at you. It's amazing. Fantastic. To um, be fair, we also chanted you a shite Kenny Williams at Kashida, which I don't think he liked.
1: Well, no, to be fair, I mean, I mean that's wrong he just prob- for a start, but. He probably he prob- is. I also understand
0: it's like going into Philadelphia and not accepting, uh, in the 90s, and not expecting ECW Chance, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we move on to tonight's main event, which was for the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag boys, boys. Titles. Um, I don't think I'm out of line when I say that Ring of Honor treats their six-man division a hell of a lot better than New Japan treats theirs. Well,
0: okay. So, the thing is, in Ring of Honor, you have, what, five belts? Oh, yeah. That's, that
1: goes without saying. There are 56 in New Japan. Um. <laughs> That's, that, that's fact. You can Google it. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. You know, count the fifty-six. What I mean to say by that is, you have got Tama Tonga, who is strangling, you know, members of the crowd, is being mm. punished in inverted commas by New Japan, and the way they punish him is by giving him the never open weight six man tag. Okay, belts. I'm am I am going to defend that. <laughs> um, Go on then. He's not being
0: punished. He basically came out and played on the Young Bucks and Marty's pride. And then the Young Bucks and Marty, as one of the bigger um, American draws in New Japan, implored um, the founder who was at ringside to let them put the belt on the line. Okay,
1: but <laughs> do you give Tamatonga a title shot? It doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter whether the Young Bucks and Marty's girl implore. In real life, Tamatonga crossed a line, mm-hmm. so you don't then say outwardly to the world. Don't worry about that. You know, we're going to give him a title shot, admittedly. And, you know, this hasn't been greeted with a load of outrage because, by and large, people don't really give a shit about the six-man tag belts when you compare it to the other New Japan belts. It's the belts that everyone says, do we really need them? Oh yeah, and um, we don't we don't get
0: defended on big shows. Um, the only big show they get defended on is Wrestle Kingdom because there's a tradition yeah. to have everything be defended there. But no, like it was, they gone months. Like that was like that was I'm pretty sure that was their first defense the Young Bucks. It was, um, and they and they won it in, at Duntaki. So exactly.
1: Anyway, we've gone slightly off. PC. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but, and this match was spoiled because the fucking Young Bucks came out with the six man titles at. Um, during the UK shows, it's such a simple thing to not do. <laughs> <laughs> did they actually? They actually did. You can look, you can look up the highlights on. Like, I had to double check. I was like, I am pretty sure. Like, because the Kingdom came out, I am like, pretty sure some of the young bucks come out with them um, during um, the Edinburgh show. So I went back, looked up some fan footage of. It was of a London show, but they definitely
1: had the six man belts. Oh, it's just simple things, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd had this ruined for me by. I believe Ring of Honor's Twitter, which ah, oh,
0: why do that it's exactly?
1: Like when... I hate when anyone like when Progress started doing
0: that. I just unsubscribe because like, what's the point in watching your fucking show? Ben? Yeah, um,
1: this was a decent match. Um, obviously, it was we had the champions there. Exactly, the champions: uh, Matt Taven, Vinny Marcellia, and TK Ryan taking on Cody, who's accompanied to the ring by Brandy, and Bernard the Business Bear. And yeah, the Young Bucks, that. Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, it was very much blocked like a standard Young Bucks match um, mm-hmm. with Matt taking a lot of punishment before Nick comes in and basically destroys everyone with his that's, high flying. That's the same hot, um, hot tag every time. He does, but I would argue that it never gets boring to watch because... No,
0: it's it's a re- it's really fast and he's charismatic enough to pull off. Oh god, yes. Uh, also the crowd goes along with you're dead. Actually, something I didn't I forgot to mention but the last one of I, I was also played this one a tiny bit too. Um during like a tank count, um the crowd were going
1: sweet after every fucking count. Yes. Yes they Fuck. were, and that was Fuck incredibly irritating. Incredibly irritating. It's um, irritating
0: when it's alive as well. I don't know why they do it. No,
1: no, it's it's being smarky for smarky's sake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you know the too sweet, fine. You know that is a thing now. That's fine. It's I'm permeated still, into every I, company.
0: See, I, I only get it when I ended up end up rarely on a rare occasion. I'm watching an American wrestling show. So
1: well, yeah, it's permeated all seemingly all promotions in America.
0: You do you do that at ICW?
1: You get booed out the fucking building. Well, maybe they should start doing that. Um, yeah. We had a point where all three members of the Bullet Club had all three members of the Kingdom in sharpshooters. Um, Matt Taven then ate a triple super kick um, before Cody hit a crossroads on him um, and then Brandy got involved by diving off the DQ. top rope into everyone DQ, so, but the but, but ref saw it, you could see the ref looking fucking DQ, that is a DQ yes, if you look at the start of the match the only difference was that sorry, the end of the first match the only difference here is that Brandy didn't brandish a chair
0: yeah, and there's also a man and he's also so can, not a man, yes. So you can interfere if you are a
1: woman or a bear. Yeah, that, that's the rules. I believe there are no rules in Ring of Honor about bears Um introduced. You're you going to argue with a bear being introduced. Kill you. Exactly. Though, to be fair, in 2002, when they started Ring of Honor, I doubt that anyone said, well, the chance of a bear intervening are very, very slim. But we best put it in just in case.
0: Yeah. Um. I, I, love, I love the balloon um, pops. Oh, but, that um, winds me up. The, the dreadlock thing. It's my first time seeing it, because they, they didn't do it when they came to Edinburgh, so I haven't seen it. I love that.
1: <laughs> um, Marcelia, yeah, it's the whole, it disturbs your equilibrium. And it's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Please it's don't K- try Fibers and tell fuck. me that. Exactly. Please don't tell me that. But, you know, nevertheless, it's his gimmick. He does well with that gimmick. I think he looks perfect for that gimmick, so I'm not going to complain. Um... The kingdom then started to get back into the match. Um, they set up for Rockstar Supernova, but um, obviously the Young Bucks broke it up with, of super course, kick. Super Kick Party. Um, Cody then gets rid of Matt Taven. Um, he was then hit by a double super, super kick, kick by the Young Bucks before Cody hits Crossroads on Marcelia to win the match and the titles. The um, wrong man getting pinned. Yeah, so.
0: This match was bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it, it, i just say it's just standard Young Bucks affair, but A, it's complete bollocks. B, it was ruined because Ring of Honour don't seem to know when they show their head. And C, um, the highlight was Nick Aldis and commentary. He was quite funny.
1: He was extremely entertaining. But Nick Aldis, yeah. I would argue, is one of the most charismatic men ever. Just look at oh, him. He oozes yeah, been, class.
0: Yeah, it's like, he's like your proper stuck up English heel. I don't we don't have very many of them nowadays. It's amazing.
1: Um after the match, um we then had a little bit of an interchange where Matt Taven argues that he was a legal man, not a Marcelia, and he's right. Mm-hmm. Um refs don't agree. Um so because but, the refs because don't agree, Matt the Taven club headbutts that. him. Which yeah. is fantastic. Definitely the way every heel should be. Don't be hard done by, get angry. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Taven butted a ref. I assume he's going to get some manner of comeuppance for that. But, yes, the Young Bucks and Cody walk away with the championships under slightly in... controversial circumstances. This is basically just an all-in promo. Uh, yes. Yes. And, as I've already said, all-in got a lot of airtime in this show. As, you know, mm-hmm. it will do with it being on Saturday and it being the biggest. That and the
0: Je- they didn't push any of their live shows. They just pushed all-in and the Chris Jericho Chris.
1: Yes, which pushed they've...
0: Five away also the Ring of Honor sponsors the fucking most carny sponsors you've ever seen in your life oh yes
1: the adverts are quite alarming um, so yeah overall Chris if you were to give Ring of Honor this Ring of Honor show a yeah. rating out of 5 what would you give it
0: um, 3.5 it was above average wrestling but there's no no fire
1: I would agree with you 3.5 is a good start Um, I would say that the wrestling, when the wrestling was taking place, fantastic. I mean, you're not going to have any bad wrestling on Ring of Honor, are you? Um, But I feel that their, you know, let's, it's an hour, it's 51 minutes, Mm. but their ratio of wrestling to backstage promo is perfect. And I understand that Ring of Honor, and I say this, you know, basically on every podcast, I understand that Ring of Honor does not rely on on storylines as much as say Impact or WWE, it's where they're very the new
0: Japan model of people want to compete to be the best, not to be
1: exactly NFL. exactly. The commentary team um talked about you know Jay Briscoe not being bothered about moving up the singles rankings. Well, you mm-hmm. don't get that on Impact, you don't get that on WWE. So I understand that, but what and you'll see what we mean when we move on to our Impact review in a moment. I feel that they get their ratio of wrestling to promo. Pretty much spot on,
0: mm-hmm. but they put their stories across. Spare simple stories, yeah. And like, it's an acquired. It can be an acquired taste, Ring of Honor, if you're used to um, TNA or WWE. But it is for like, if you want to get into the sort of Japanese way of storytelling in a more accessible way, Ring of Honor, perfect.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it is in such a digestible, you know, fifty-one minutes mm-hmm. of wrestling. And you it- know, when you turn on Ring of Honor, you are getting three matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maybe. last week we almost had four but we had the debut of Jeff Cobb so, you know, happy days Oh, Jeff Cobb's there, sweet Jeff Cobb inter- interrupted a um, Future of Honour tournament uh, the next, oh, no, what is it? He's a the heel, man. Future Prospect or something like that the Future uh, yeah. of Honour thing is something I love yeah, um, so yeah, Jeff Cobb came in, destroyed both men um, and yeah, so he's now a heel, which is wonderful Anyway, moving on to Impact, and you'll see what I mean. Now we had three fairly decent matches on Ring of Honor. We had a good main mm-hmm. event. Um, we the opener threatened to be very, very good before it obviously was broken up by DQ, and the second match between Sasha Young and Flick Gordon was, you know, fairly decent. Mm-hmm. Compare that to an hour and a half's Impact Wrestling. Okay, um, before this week. Um, it had been advertised that we were to have a Mexican death match in the main event between Sammy Callahan and Pentagon Jr., the ending to their feud. Um, and we were told that Kira Hogan would be taking on Alicia Edwards. So we had two matches advertised prior to the show. We also heard that Brian Cage would speak for the first time. And I can't the, believe that's the first time, by the way, but we'll get to we'll get that. We'll get to that in a minute cause I want to talk to you about that because I genuinely thought that promo was really good. Um, and then we were, it was advertised that Matt Seidel would be in action. Now, in an hour and a half, we had one match that went above eight minutes. <laughs> Which yeah. is something I've said on the reviews for Impact before. I think Impact are moving in the right direction. I genuinely, for someone who has never watched Impact... I am really enjoying doing these reviews, and I really enjoy watching Impact. It's an hour and a half, it's easily digestible, you know, it's a good product at the moment, what they are putting out. But one thing that does grind my gears about Impact is they cannot seem to get, as I've said about Ring of Honor, they cannot seem to get their ratio of promos to matches good enough. Mm -hmm. Because of the five matches on the card... One of them was a tag team match between two random people and the Cult of Lee, which basically didn't qualify as a match. And the best thing about it was Eli Drake's commentary. You know, the Rock. Yeah, exactly. We had The Pebble. The Pebble. We had Matt Seidel's match, which lasted just over four minutes. And we had a comedy tag team match. It's, you know, and I understand that this was possibly... A little bit of a slower episode ready for next week, because next week's card looks incredible. I was going to say next week looks hype. I was going to give this the benefit of a doubt of being a slow episode. Yeah. We'll get into this, though. We'll run through the card, and then we'll give you sort of our reactions at the end of it. Uh, we started with Eddie Edwards in the ring. Um, he says that he got beaten by Cross and Ares. That's absolutely fine. He doesn't mi- He doesn't mind that. Um, what he does have a problem with is him being hit by uh, being hit by basically dirty tactics by cross. Um, he says that if he if they don't come to the ring he's going to go to the back and fight them which the crowd love um, Ares and cross come out uh, they attack Edwards and just as they begin to put his head in a chair pick out another chair to hit it with, we hear Moose's theme Moose. tune. Moose and Moose makes the save, uh his first appearance on Impact since his defeat in the main event of Slam Um they Moose sees them off, which Ares then throws a shoe at them, which is quite entertaining. I mean who we'll throws
0: Pete Dunne move.
1: Yeah, who who throws a shoe? Um and Pete Dunne. Yeah, well yeah, Pete Dunne. <laughs> And that was the end of that. And this was very much leading up to the fact that we will be having Austin Aries and Killer Cross taking on um, Eddie Edwards and Moose in presumably what will be the main event of Redefined next week. Um an incredibly
0: hard way to open the show.
1: It was very, very good. I really enjoyed this opening segment. I especially and... enjoyed the moment where Killer Cross and Austin Aries had... Um, Eddie Edwards in a joint submission move. So you've got Killer choking him at the top, whilst Ares has got um, Edwards locked in the figure four before they obviously attempt the chair shot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I thought this was really good. I thought they got
0: the story across to me who hadn't watched Ring of Honor,
1: oh not Ring of... Impact, in quite a while. So yeah, exactly. It was a good opening segment. Eddie Edwards is fantastic. I could watch Eddie Edwards all day because his his um, crazy um Persona, just he—he he comes across just so lovable. He really I does. The, I love the backstage thing
0: right after where I thought because I thought it was gonna be the women's match straight away because she came up. It's like Moose, thank you for saving my husband, and it's like, like oh look at this, my wife and my best friend back together <laughs> again,
1: and she's like, whoa there, buddy, <laughs> no, we are still not okay. I um, think Don callas Yeah, well, yeah. John Callis did a wonderful job of saying how uh, Eddie Edwards and Alicia still weren't okay. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I will say is, though, Alicia's acting here, less than less than yeah. decent. On the um, scale
0: of, like, Brie Bella to not Brie Bella. She was about a Nikki Bella. She was, yes.
1: She was very Eva Marie. Um, <laughs> Bit husky. Yeah, exactly. Um, we also had a pre-taped promo from OVE, uh, where Sammy Callahan continues to blame um, everything that's gone wrong in his life, his defeat to Phoenix last week, his defeat at Islamiversary, the fact that he's had his head shaved, the fact that Dave has had his head shaved. He blames all of it on Pentagon. Um, I think it suits the boldness. It does suit the boldness. Now that I'm used to it, you know, it looks good. Um, um, I
0: love one of OVE acts like like missed doing this.
1: <laughs> do you know what, though? Anything that OVE do is really entertaining for me. You know, whether it be the Chris brothers or whether it be um, Sammy Callahan, I just find them relentlessly entertaining. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you've got a main event scene or a main event storyline with Austin Aries and Eddie Edwards, but you've still got a secondary storyline in Callahan and Pentagon, which is so captivating and you are getting persistently good matches out of Phoenix, the Christs, you know, uh, Sammy Callahan and Pentagon. You can't complain about it. And obviously the main event follows that trend. Um, we cut backstage where the Cult of Lee, uh, Tra- Trevor Lee and Kayla Conley are meeting with Eli Drake. Uh, they attempt to high five at Eli Drake, say, oh, look at how good we were with you last week. Um, Eli Drake's like, who are you? I don't, you're there so that I can beat people. You- we're not friends. Some people walk through the doors and just as Eli Drake says, you've got to prove yourself. So the Cult of Lee just kind of challenge these two random people to a match which is quite entertaining. So that is a match later on.
0: I've always loved Trevor Lee.
1: Trevor Lee's fantastic.
0: There was, a, there was a match in PWG against Keef and he, was, he, he demanded to be introduced as TNA superstar, um, um, which in PWG is going to get the most heat in the world.
1: And then he was just like, look, you're a Lee, I'm a Lee, let's work <laughs> something out. It um, was when he said... Um... It was when he was trying to prove himself in Caleb Connolly. He was like, we're good. We're cool. We've got beards. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you are brilliant. Yeah. Um, we get hype for the fact that um, Impact is going to Mexico for September's TV tapings you, for the first time it, ever. have missed a match, by the way. I've missed a match, have I? You've missed, we missed Wentz versus Seidel. Oh, God, yeah, we've missed Wentz <laughs> versus Seidel. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like, maybe you just, saw, maybe you just missed it once for this after that. I mean, you know, if nobody just skipped over him, one of the few matches on this card.
1: Ah, right. Okay. Well, let's go back to that match, though. So the opening <laughs> bout uh, after the Eddie Edwards stuff was Zachary Wentz taking on Matt Seidel. Last Matt we Seidel
0: went weird. He's talking about his third eye. Um, distro- um, Opening people's third eye. Leave people's dicks alone.
1: Yes, he is quite literally just fully embracing his stoner gimmick now. <laughs> um, we had a promo last week where he meditated on his back-to-back losses um, to Brian Cage, and sort of you saw his third eye open, which was quite gross. <laughs> um, but he comes in to basically destroy Zachary Wentz. Wentz got a lot of off- offense in here, mm-hmm. considering this was supposed to be, from what I thought, a, uh, squash. a side-out squash match. But mm-hmm. it was it was enjoyable for you know a four minutes five second match. It was relatively it was a, enjoyable.
0: it was an awesome spot where um they um side El Carter hurricane ran it into a power bomb. I thought that was awesome
1: yeah, it was a fantastic it was a fantastic spot you know we had uh, wentz hitting a code breaker followed by a running shooting star press. I thought wentz mm-hmm. considering he was very limited you know due to time, I thought he covered himself in glory here mm-hmm. um. But eventually, uh, Matt Seidel wins with an E strike and twisting neckbreaker.
0: And a page turner.
1: Yeah, with with a page turner. Um, But it was a really good match. Really good match. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, (laughs) So we then cut ahead to where I was originally, and (laughs) uh, Brian Cage speaks for the first time. Now, when they advertised that Brian Cage was going to speak, I just assumed that this was going to be in the ring. Mm-hmm. but it wasn't we had a pre tape segment what was your opinion
0: um it was fine cage has never been the best promo but in this sort of context he comes across well he works best on a pre tape show um because it was it was like i'm just too used to his to underground character where he, where he is literally a machine so yeah um but no this was really good i'm surprised because he's been there since what february i'm surprised this is the first time he actually spoke
1: yeah, I think it's just been a case of he turns up, he destroys, he leaves, which I think is the perfect Change, way to bro. build Brian Cage, to be perfectly honest. Um he ends his promo, you know, his promo where he basically bigs himself up. Um he ends by saying that next week at Redefined, when he takes on Phoenix for the X Division champion, Phoenix is gonna find out why he is the evolution of pro wrestling.
0: He put over the X Division hard here.
1: Yes, he did. He said that, you know, you think of Impact, you think of the X Division. And he's absolutely right. The X Division is, you know, the thing you think of when you think of Impact or TNA.
0: Up until around when Hogan
1: came in. Up until when Hogan and Bischoff tried to squash it with a Bish, yes. But yeah, genuinely decent promo. I am extremely excited for Brian Cage versus Phoenix next week. Um, I think it'll be a fantastic match. No way in hell Phoenix was going over. Absolutely not a chance, which is an extreme shame because I love Phoenix. But Brian Cage did really well here. You know, far better than I thought it was going to be. Decent. Mm -hmm. Um, We then get one of my pet peeves about the Impact Wrestling tapings at the moment. We get our GWN moment of the week.
0: Yeah, no, but this wasted time. This is seven minutes long. You could have easily put in some sort of squash match here.
1: Yeah, you could put in another match here. You could have extended the tag match. You could have extended the Zachary Wentz-Matt Dell match. That but again, yeah, to, I'd have, if that had gone 15 minutes, that that could have been match of the night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But instead, we get another moment of the week. And Garth, again, points out that this is to fill time where the breaks would be um, on the on actual the TV. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. It's very, very frustrating. Um, We see AJ Styles coming back, beating down Bad Influence, and then turning heel on James Storm. Um, You know, it was it was an alright moment. Uh, AJ Styles got a big pop. Dark AJ Styles is so much better than face AJ Styles.
0: I like how we're talking about this like it's an actual thing. Thing that's happening right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. This was God knows how long ago, but even so, you know, it was fine. I'm not reviewing it. It was. God knows how long ago, because I didn't actually catch the year it was from. Um, I think it might have been, yeah. So anyway, uh, we cut backstage once again, and we see Fallabar with KM. Oh, I actually have written down here. um,
0: Yoko Zuna want to be talks to a guy who'd be headlining community centres all around the the Americas.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we discussed at length before we came on air just how much Fallabar is Yokozuna. In fact, to the point where you labelled him Yoko Jr., which <laughs> I think is absolutely spot-on. You know, he's got the same moveset, he's got the same look. You know, if he has the championship credentials, then why not? I love Fala Bar. You Can't go wrong with him. Um, this harkens back I, to last oh, week. Oh, I'm going to
0: give out to one of your boys, then.
1: <laughs> um, this is coming back to last week, where on the horrendously cringeworthy segment called The Smoke Show, um KM is told by Scarlet Bordeaux to do things Falabar's way, because that way they're going to get wins. So Falabar gives him a gift. KM says, have I really got to do this? Falabar says, bah, which apparently means yes. And they go to their match, which is next. Where we have have the Desi Hit squad taking on KM and Falabar. We find out that KM's gift was in fact... Um, ring attire. That means that Bar and KM have matching ring attire. Um, and yeah, it was sure. a comedy match. It was a comedy it, match. It was,
0: it was an unfunny comedy match. Um, other, other comedy spots were overdone. Oh, fat guy runs up, rolls over small boy. Oh no. Yeah,
1: it was not a good match. Um, the problem I have with it is that. KM and Falabar are a comedy duo at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not to be taken seriously. However, they win this with a banzai drop. You know, which. And a uh, Project Champa. And a Project Champer, which actually looked the really, worst. really cool.
0: I thought it was the worst looking Project Champer I've
1: ever seen. Really? I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, but. Why build the Desi Hit Squad if. They're now going to go on a losing streak. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, what,
0: that's what they're going to get physically beaten by that old, old Indian guy now.
1: Yeah, well, the problem I have is that at the moment, the tag team belts are very much tied up in the feud between the OGs and LAX. Mm-hmm. You look at the tag team division on Impact, you've got KM and Falabar, <laughs> you've got the Desi Hit Squad. And that, and the Lucha Brothers. But let's face it, they're not going to the tag division. Yeah. Because that's way beneath them. At a push, you can argue the Crist brothers. Mm-hmm. They've that's held it. it. Already, They've held it already, yeah. Mm. That's it. You haven't got the depth in a tag team division to start half building a team up to then put them on a losing streak. Mm-hmm. And to KM and Falabar whose story is they're a dysfunctional team, they could almost afford to take another loss. Mm. Build the Desi Hit Squad even further. Don't job them out. Because effectively this was a job. Yeah. Because even though it was um it was five minutes twenty five seconds this match, Desi Hit Squad got very, very limited offense in. Mm. Very limited. And considering they were, you know, they attacked PT Williams and Taji Shimori um on the Impact after Slammiversary. so when you make an impact like that, you know, no pun intended, um, you're looking at all oh, potential tag team champion contenders, but they've done mm-hmm. nothing in the following weeks to tell me that they've they've got anything planned for them at all. They showed
0: some pretty cool tag move, um tag offense, like, but there's no there's no point points about because they lost to a fat guy and a bald guy.
1: Exactly, and K.M. and Fallabar are not going to be the tag team champions. They are there for comic effect. They are not, they are not tag team winners. I mean, what well. is, prove me wrong? But there we go. Um, we then go backstage where we have Joe Hendry, Grado, <laughs> and Katarina. This <laughs> was genuinely entertaining.
0: Yeah, but can I? Do, I have one big grievance with this. So. Um I I assume they build them from different places when we come out for singles match because Hendry's from Edinburgh, Grados from Stevenson, and we talk about going to school together. They're fucking eighty miles apart. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine basically... if someone with Manchester came on or someone from London that's like, You remember do you remember year four, man?
1: Um Okay, to start with, I feel like you're taking that to heart a bit too much. <laughs> I it's, I I have to. <laughs> um but we have Joe Hendry and Grado backstage with Katarina. Katarina is very, very angry at Grado considering he was the reason that they lost last week or that Joe Hendry yeah. lost to Eli Drake last week. Um, Joe Hendry sort of attempts to defend Grado in a very, very roundabout way, um, sort of going along how he lost in the Egg Spoon race in year three, worked all year, all year to try and win in year four, and finished second to last. So there was improvement and sort of grado's looking at him going how's this helping so hendry and katarina leave scarlet bordeaux arrives um with her really awful music that i cannot stand um she attempts to talk to grado grado breaks down and cries which is quite funny she then invites grado onto a show to try and sort things out next week between him and katarina and grado's Um, over the moon yeah let's you know that's amazing let's do let's do that but apparently there's a tax for going on the smoke show, and that is that you have got to strip to your pants and pole dance. dance.
0: To to be fair, he's he's he'd probably, he'd probably done worse. I've seen him take a nutshell bump. But um the problem is these two are basically a um job seems to be a job attack team and they're too good for that. Like especially like in but two different ways, like I I can see that Henry's probably going to turn on Grado at some point. It's quite it's quite obvious that's what's going to happen. But I'm it's, I'm sort of sad to see two Scottish boys floundering. Yeah, that's probably why I'm more down on this than you are because I didn't like this segment at all.
1: I thought this was hilarious, but that's mainly and
0: because gigg- of Grado. Yeah, I giggle. No, Grado's an amazing comedy wrestler. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he should be world champion outside of anywhere but ICW. But Hendry, Hendry's one of the best, most natural talents going right now. So,
1: Oh, no, I agree with that. After watching mm. him in Defiant um, when he was part of the Prestige, you know, with mm. Joe Coffey, you he, know, he, he was an absolute s- sensational
0: heel he did he did great stuff how he turned heel in icw is great basically but the crowd started to turn against him because he was t- choosing wcpw dates over icw dates yeah so he literally came out and was like are you with me or against me well it doesn't matter pulled out the wcpw title from the bag he brought to the ring because i'm a prestigious one <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> just like yeah he's very suddenly have a, mu- a lot of very overweight scottish men wanting to kill him it
1: is amazing fantastic um where they go from here, I don't know. Obviously, we are going to have a match between Grado and Joe Hendry, but I just fear at the moment that the Impact audience just aren't getting it. They just well, aren't Grado, there.
0: The problem is with Grado, they're not get, without, he doesn't get the full thing. He gets this generic entrance music. He gets... Like, the comedy's there. It's just, the, the Not having Madonna
1: really does ruin the Grado character. Yeah, it really does. Um... We then moved on to a knockout match between Kira Hogan, who was accompanied by Ali. That is incredibly important later on. Um, And Alicia Edwards. So when Alicia Edwards said an hour before the show saying that she had a match, God knows where she went because it took her an hour to get to the ring.
0: It's a
1: very very complicated arena. It must be. It must be. Um, This was a very... Standard match. There was some very, very sloppy parts. I know that's
0: um, This is a, I have it written down. This is one of the most. This is the most sloppy women's match I've seen in years. Yeah.
1: Um. Um. Kira Hogan. Um. Really, really looks green. Um. Alicia Edwards has always been a ra- Really green. Say again.
0: Both of them looked really green to yeah, me. Alicia I'm sure Edwards. One can really drag one down.
1: Yeah, and you know especially to start off with i feel like later on they worked hard to try and sort of work it better um there was a backpack stunner which was quite cool for two um and then the fisherman's neck breaker that kira hogan hits for the win oh that was beautiful that was, that was amazing was
0: yeah that um, was gorgeous you can tell she went over and over that but like just before that it was the
1: tornado DDT but just didn't happen there was a couple of moves that that happened too and there was a couple of moments where um, Alicia Edwards was waiting for a move, and Kira Hogan wasn't there yet, and it just looked very, very clunky. Yeah. And what I'm concerned about is that we have got three absolute stars in the uh, knockouts division in Ali Su Young and Tessa Blanchard. Is Rosemary still around, or she left? Rosemary is, I believe, taking time off. Um, they mentioned been, that she was put in a coffin. She was put in a coffin by Su Young, so storyline she's somewhere. But um I believe she's mm. taking time off her injury, I believe. Um but aside from those three, obviously Madison Rain is gone for a while because she's taking on mm. um Sumi Sakai for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. And next in week. the Young And she's in the May Young Classic, so she's obviously not going to be with Impact for a while. Mm you have got no one, because Kira Hogan and Alicia Edwards are nowhere near, you know, put either of them... I mean, Alicia Edwards had a far better match um, the other week with Tessa Blanchard. but Mm -hmm. Tessa Blanchard is good enough to carry her to a decent match. Here, it was very obvious that neither women are at the standard of either Ali, Tessa Blanchard, or Sue Young. And that's what concerns me. Because, from what I understand, they aren't blessed with talent in the knockouts division. Um, no, because
0: everyone's either signed up by stardom or um, working in the UK or in WWE, so...
1: Yeah, which is slightly concerning. Now, this mm-hmm. was my favourite part of this match. The promo. Because Ali had come to the ring to boost Kira Hogan. Kira Hogan takes the win, and um, Ali then takes a microphone, says, well done, Kira. And then completely overshadows Kira Hogan. Just Just, like, proper, like, get out of my ring, bitch. The
0: thing is, she was like, um, I don't mean to overshadow you, but I'm gonna.
1: Yeah, but she didn't just overshadow, she buried her. Mm. It was like, nobody cares about your win. I'm after Sue Sue Young. I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah. And it was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, But it builds to something fantastic. She says that Mm. she came into um, this match with one thing in mind, and that was to defeat sue young after what she did to um Madison rain and what she did to Rosemary um, she proposed a triple threat match for next week at redefined um I've always thought that Ali's promos are extremely wooden and mm-hmm. she tries to put emotion in you know she did the pause after Madison rain it just feels very forced Proper I find, doing headlights shit here yeah I feel that Ali struggles a lot with the promos that she does and I feel she struggles to impart any sort of emotion on them. She is literally reading a script. That's what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but her wrestling's decent, so I'll let her off. Um, <laughs> but next week, that should be a fantastic match. I unfortunately oh, yeah. already know the winner, which is ruined again by Impact's Twitter. Oh, don't, don't ruin it. For I'm, me. Not don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to ruin it. But, you know, this should build, be- And then later on, um, Tessa Blanchard... Um, sort of recaps Sally's promo, said that she'll only agree to the triple threat if the title is on the line, which it is confirmed later on the show, that it is. Um, We then cut to one of the more bizarre backstage segments. Um, (laughs) It's not really backstage, is it? (laughs) No. Johnny Impact is at a cabana party, being interviewed by a random man at the cabana party, um, (laughs) talking about what his... His sort of ambitions are now that he's got rid of Congo Kong. He says he's going after the Impact World Championship, but oh no, Congo Kong appears and um, sort of attacks Johnny Impact. Johnny Impact sidesteps and throws Congo Kong into a pool uh, that has people in it, and that is the end of the segment. Now, and then
0: they show show it in in Phil once again as soon as they come back from break.
1: Yes, they do. But um, well, this is
0: weird. This is completely weird. Why? How, one, how did someone like Kongo Kong get into a party unnoticed?
1: Yeah, that is true. Because like, he's in his wrestling gear.
0: Yes, not only that, you can see like the entrance is on the other side of the um, pool from where they're standing. So he literally had to
1: go through there, walk <laughs> around, and attack him. Um, yeah, it was strange. This was, and it just it didn't advance anything for me. I don't
0: know. What's, I don't know what's more weird, right? Either him um johnny mundo feuding with this island savage in a pool of him fe- feuding with literal snakes and dragons
1: in lucha underground um i would argue lucha underground without shadow of a doubt um, just it's lucha underground. yeah well the sooner we have johnny impact versus austin aries the better yeah um we then have another interview backstage where alicia is interviewing rich oh, swan Andy. about signing with impact Nothing really to say here. He wants the Impact X-Division Championship, which we all mm-hmm. knew anyway. Um, he's facing Pete Williams at Redefined. which has the crazy eyes. Yeah, he has got crazy eyes, got crazy smile as well. He is ever so slightly terrifying, but a fantastic wrestler. And there is a chance that him versus Pete Williams could be match of the night. Because oh, yeah. genuinely, Rich Swan, if he was allowed in WWE to perform at the level he's capable of performing, he would have been absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um You forget he was the cruiserweight champion. You do, you do, and it's because he's the cruiserweight champion before Neville, before Neville yeah. took it off him. Um and then Neville was just an absolute superstar. And then everything went to shit. Um Then we had an Austin Aries promo, which proves that you don't need to be overly scripted to be brilliant. He literally mm-hmm. cut the shortest promo in the world. He just ragged on Alicia for a bit saying, I hope they don't pay you for this, because you're rubbish at it, which was amazing, and then challenges Moose and Edwards to a match next week at Redefined between him, Killer Cross, and the pair, which, again, Mm. should be decent. It'll probably be the main event, and I'm sort of looking forward to it. Um, We then get the Cult of Lee taking on the two jobbers they met in the corridor. Apparently their names are Brandon Tidwell and Mr. Atlantis. So how convenient that A they were both wrestlers and they had their wrestling gear with them. Um, the best thing about this match Um is Eli Drake on commentary. He is most electrifying man in copyright history today. He, he was hilarious. Um basically Caleb Conley and Trevorly dominate for the, the opening minute before they get a little bit cocky and Conley gets rolled up. In the um, second minute. Yeah, in the second minute. Now, what have I just said about viable tag teams?
0: Yeah, no, that's the thing. Trevely and other guy, um, and they they are good hands because um, the guy was with Tre. I keep, can't remember his name, but he was with Trevely back Caleb in Conley. Bound for Glory. Yeah, and Trevely's amazing. Um, I don't haven't seen much from Carlin, but yeah, I, it's stupid to have someone like bad job i understand there's more of a hubris thing I and mean, we've had people do that perform it's easy to bounce back from but why like you have two viable tag teams he threw down
1: the shitter i didn't realize how bad um impacts tag team situation was no it's it's quite worrying because at the moment you have got the cream of the crop rising to the top but there is becoming quite a rift between the main event scene and mm-hmm. everything underneath it um you got you got that in the Hogan era problem. Yeah. Hopefully, the booking is a hell of a lot better in impact at the moment. So, you know, with the exception of this match, which was a little bit of a no brainer for me because Trevor Lee is an absolute just gem in the ring. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic, extremely underrated, it seems. Um, oh, I love Trevor. So, fingers crossed, we will see some improvement there. Mm-hmm. We then had. I mean, what
0: <laughs> the fuck? It's the most TNA thing ever.
1: LAX are seen celebrating on the streets with... Of, their... to- of Toronto. I thought they went back to Mexico, but no, they just stayed in Toronto. Just, just in Toronto. Just um, look for
0: the nearest slum in Toronto till they can party.
1: Exactly. So, they're with their gang. Um, Conan says he's got... Uh, at this point, Ortiz and Santana give their tag belts to a small child. Which is fine, you know, cool, the kid holds the belts. Fair enough, there's a pecking order. Um, so Conan then says, I've got a present for you in my car. Bit weird to say. Um, so he gets a selection of that group and crosses the road. I with... oh, highlight the fact that kid thought he didn't have to come. It's like, come on kid, I have something for you as well. Yeah, now I feel if... LAX had paid a little bit more attention to the hedgehog adverts that we had as a small child (laughs) and they'd looked both ways before crossing the road that you had as a small child that I had as a small child alright then, spring chicken (laughs) Um, yeah, as we had as a small child then this wouldn't have been an issue but what we actually see is the OGs in a car running over a small child I shouldn't be laughing. Although, fucking, um... What I will say with my biggest t- drawing point my that is the belts just went missing. Yeah, the belts weren't on the small child at all. We then have this horrible image from the child's eyes looking up at the LAX, who <laughs> are doing their best to look distressed, but are just looking a little bit confused as to why why Impact has taken this turn. I mean, we have just witnessed an assault like an actual child death. And it's like, what's I, the actual... And then we cut back to commentary. Josh Matthews and Don Callis are like, um, unfortunately this, this is...
0: See, when we do this sort of shit in Lucha Underground, we make sure to to let you know that the, that the commentators didn't see it because it would be stupid for a wrestling company to show the commentators yeah, that. Yeah,
1: basically what that means is they filmed it and showed it even though they knew what happened. And then Josh Matthews like um, like, I can't believe what we've just seen. Um, <laughs> there's got to be a line somewhere between LAX and... Oh, jeez, I don't know where that line is because we've just seen actual vehicular homicide. <laughs> um, but never mind, because next week is redefined and we have... And then lists all the matches. <laughs> what the it's fuck? Not, it is literally the most TNA thing you've ever heard, be this man has just witnessed the death of a small child. The small child, by the way, is in the audience on the front row during the Mexican death. Yeah, match. you can you can see he's wearing the same shirt and everything. <laughs> um so you know, don't read too much into it. But what the hell why? why? Why 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 after the street fight we had last week why the fuck did we need to have this? Jesus Christ Honestly. It's honestly some people ask me why i like wrestling well i get to watch small child children being run over on the streets of toronto anyway <laughs> anyway we move on to the main event thank god um sammy callahan taking on pentagon junior in a mexican death match now when this match was announced i was extremely confused as to what a mexican death match actually um was and it turns out that, was- that it is two tables one spray-painted with buzzwords about Sammy Callahan, and one with buzzwords about Pentagon. And then we have some chairs around the ring, and we also have four piñatas. But it's such a WCW thing, i be sure it. Yeah, now this was booked. It sounds shit. It wasn't. It was a really, really good match. It was it good, have from been used
0: um, just two sticking points, neither of which, well, one of which was kind of a restless vote. One, um the tables and the chairs were very obviously gimmicked. You can they didn't cover over whether they we were gimmicked very well. And also using the pinatas as like the empty pinatas as weapons, what the fuck is that gonna do?
1: Yeah. Uh, unless, I use it how. to
0: make a paper cut Jimmy Havoc style. Why would <laughs> what's the even the point?
1: I mean the first pinata's broken open fairly early on, with Pentagon breaking it over and gets a staple gun. Now uh-huh. he does hit Sammy Callahan with it to start off with, and you think that's not gonna hurt too much. Uh we've then got the staple gun spot where they don't even tease it, Pentagon goes straight in, staples um Sammy Callahan's arms, staples him in the cock, which is quite funny, um, then staples Sammy Callahan's hat to his head and then rips it off. Again, you know, decent amount of blood for this amount. I don't want to see, you know, mm-hmm. Sammy Callahan basically pit- I don't want to see Eddie Guerrero styles of blood. You know, it's decent with what they've got to work with. Um they open another pinata, it's clippers. Um at one point their table is set up on the outside, and Sammy Callahan makes as so though he is going to suplex Pentagon over the top rope and onto the table on the outside. That doesn't happen. Pentagon blocks it, um, knocks Sammy Callahan off and then goes over the top, Tope Suicida, over the top, and takes all of the brunt. Himself. Mm-hmm. He somersaults through the table. Sammy Callahan go- does not go through the table. He takes none of no, the table at. shot at all. Which, you know, is like, okay, that's ridiculous. Fair enough. Um, we then get a trading of kicks. We've got Sammy Callahan um, hitting Pentagon with a trash can. Um, he opens up a pinata and it's a baseball bat, which means that the trash can. Obviously, goes on Pentagon's head, and then baseball shot. I know that that probably does nothing, but it's a lovely visual to watch. Mm. It really is a nice visual. Yeah, you
0: can, you can well, you can visually see Sammy Callahan holding back his, um, ho- holding back
1: his shots, which is good because yeah. it, it's TV. Yeah, look what happened last time, um, and then Pentagon fires back. He definitely drives Sam uh, Sammy Callahan through a table on the floor. Thought Mm -hmm. that was quite cool, and then (laughs) the next pinata is broken out, and what is in that pinata, Chris? Lego, Lego, (laughs) Lego. So hard. Now, genuinely, when it first burst open, I thought it was uh, thumbtacks, and I was like, "Okay, cool." These are very colourful thumbtacks. Then I was like, "It's a Lego," and it's (laughs) actually Lego. Now I understand anyone stepped on Lego. Yeah, anyone of a certain age. Yeah, you step on Lego, it fucking hurts. But so does stepping on a plug. The piñata wasn't full of plugs. That would actually hurt. Yeah, but Lego... Jesus Christ. Anyway, Sammy Callahan, um picks up Pentagon, package power driver into the Lego. <laughs> if, that God had, God. if that had been the finish, I'd have kicked off. I would have loved that to be the finish. I'm not going to lie, I wanted that to be the finish. Um, anyway, Pentagon... Low blow. He attempts a package power driver. That only gets two. Um, Sammy Callahan. The end of the match is quite a a small... There's nothing really exciting about it. There's a rake of the eyes and then he hits a cactus mm. driver through the table for the win.
0: In fairness, a power driver through a table should never be sniffed.
1: No, absolutely not. And I, I don't mean it to let,
0: be... Let alone an avalanche. Through.
1: Yeah, I feel like it was just... it. I feel like they almost needed to give this match a bit longer, yeah no that's the problem. You could have cut out the replay of fucking the
0: Islander attacking um Johnny Mundo and added that to the end of the match
1: you've got you know completely omitted the actual vehicular homicide that we watched no um, because then we'd have less <laughs> we'd have less material for the podcast,
0: but we could get rid of um the GWN moment of the week
1: yeah, true. Um, this match was fantastic. And when oh, yeah. I say, you know, it was not a tame ending, what I mean to say is that I feel it came too soon. I wanted the match to go on further. And I felt like even though this was billed as a Mexican death match, their match at Slammiversary was far more bloody and violent. And I well, understand I that that's com- a paper. You're
0: comparing. Yeah, you're comparing you and TV. TV. I didn't expect I and I didn't see that match where I don't have too much to come out of it, and I just have what they've done in the Lucha Underground, they've never really crossed paths in Lucha Underground, so this is somewhat of a dream match for me to see.
1: Yeah, and um, I'm not belittling this match, though I thought this was an absolutely mm-hmm. outstanding match. It was an excellent follow-on from their Slammiversary match. I have gone on and on and on in these podcasts that Sammy Callahan bloody needs a victory because all he's done is lose, and I understand that's, you know, sort of aided his descent into madness, but he's finally mm-hmm. got a win. I mean, this was by a long, long way, the highlight of the show.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely um, amazing. It's nice to see Callahan's fine, because I recently saw him get killed off in Lucha Underground. Um, <laughs> no, literally. Um, oh yes, I know. <laughs> um, but no, it was really good. Um, I I'm, I might have to go back and watch all of anniversary now, because you keep referencing it. And... <laughs> um. No, it was, yeah, proper good TV main event. It's the best you can ask for for a TV main event. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, but yeah, a real a good thought, end to a show, I think.
0: Yeah, the crowd were a bit of a cunt during this because we were chanting, we want fire. It's like, it's TV. It's exactly.
1: And that's that's the thing. We've got to realise that Slammiversary is pay-per-view. It's obviously going mm-hmm. to be a better match. It's obviously going to be more bloody. It's obviously going to be not more exciting, but there's going to be more high spots. For a TV main event, this was extremely good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish that it'd gone on longer. Um, for me, this show out of ten, I'd give it seven, mm-hmm. and I feel like it gets seven because of the main event. I feel without the main event, this could have been a four and a half five. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that they're building to next week, and next week, you know, we had the full rundown of the card for Redefined. You know, Rich won versus P.T. Williams. Uh, we've got the triple threat for the Knockouts Championship. We've got Phoenix versus Brian Cage for the um, X Division Championship. And we've also got the tag team match between Killer Cross and Austin Aries and Eddie Edwards and Moose. It's going to be an excellent show next week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really good show. And I think this week suffered. Because redefined is this week.
0: Yeah, I think that it. Def- I was like, this seems like a bit of a um, slow show. And then as soon as they announced what was going on next week, it's like, okay, now I see why it's a show because next week is basically is in function a pay per view. Just they can't put on more than two pay per views a year because they'll lose all their money. Yeah. Um, it's for if I was to rate this, I'd give it. I'd give the main event a, like a seven point five out of ten. About I'd give the show overall six out of ten i just i could i didn't actually watch it in one sitting i had to take a break because i was sick of all the promos and normally i'd skip them but we were i knew i was coming on here to talk about them so i didn't want to miss anything so
1: but unfortunately a lot of the backstage segments you weren't missing anything like the rich Mm swan interview you weren't missing anything with the rich swan interview that's that's basically an episode of ambi exactly the johnny mundo um, or the Johnny Impact, I should say, bit of the pool. We didn't need that. We didn't need the Pentagon in, um, build up. We didn't need the Sammy Callahan build up in the same mm. way. We definitely didn't need the Global Wrestling Network moment of the week.
0: Well, well I will say some of these um, they did help me get invested more in the story. Like as someone as a first-time viewer, but I imagine as a
1: frequent viewer, you'd get really fucking annoyed very quickly. Yeah, um, but overall. Overall, and again, saved by the main event, an alright showing of Impact this uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you want to talk to us about Impact or the Ring of Honor shows, or in fact the lead-up to All In, or in fact the lead-up to the Destruction shows in New Japan in September, please talk to us on Twitter at... at podmania or on facebook at Ad podmania podcasts um you can download or listen to more of the episodes of the podcast on itunes and on castbox the links are in the description in the meantime if you want to talk to me i'm on twitter at real Rob where can they find you chris At uh, oh I'm 97 i think okay <laughs> we'll check that later but in the yeah. meantime thank you so much for listening ladies and gentlemen and we'll talk to you guys again soon